And we are with clinical psychologist Dr. Joelle Lowe, who's here to answer your mental health questions in our free clinic session. Good morning, Dr. Joelle. Hi, good morning. So we actually sold you as a life coach. So you can answer any kind of questions yes. at all, right? Any problems that we might have? A, a lot of problems I can help answer, <laughs> but um, just 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 to highlight, like there there are life coaches out there who are designated life coaches, right? Okay. You get a degree for that and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm not. Like, but you do help life. us in our well, life. I try. Yeah, I try. Okay. I try. Well, we have a caller who wants to remain anonymous. What is your question? Well, a patient who's affected to be having depression uh, admit herself that she is having depression. Second question is, if that person doesn't want to admit that she is having depression, how can we go around getting her treatment when she's not giving her consent? So to answer the first part of your question, right? It's hard. Sometimes people cannot. They define it very hard to admit they have depression, because in, especially in our society, in our culture, right? It's something that is embarrassing. It's sign of weakness, for example. So a lot of times people don't want to admit it, And especially in Malaysia as well, because sometimes some employers they actually quite they might discriminate against you as well if they find out that you're depressed or you have anxiety and things like that, right? So I think that's why people might not admit that they're depressed, even though they actually are, right? So the second part of the question is actually quite common. It's not unusual for friends and family members to say that you know I've got a family member who's going through a hard time and I think they need help but they don't want to go they, they refuse to go for whatever reason in that sense right and I think it's important for us to remember that we cannot force them to go for therapy so this is saying that I, used, I, I use all the time right you can force the horse to go to the river but you can't force the horse to drink the water like in that sense right so even if you force your, your friend or your family member to go to see a, a therapist or a psychiatrist for depression right what's going to happen is that they're going to stare at the psychiatrist and the psychologist for an hour and nothing's going to happen they're not going to say anything they're going to admit anything they're going to go there and say everything is fine, everything is okay. So what's going to be more effective or better use of your resources, I think, is to give them support, give them information. Hey, you know what? Um, you know you might not have depression, but this is some information about depression. You can go online and find symptom signs and symptoms of depression, for example. You can also provide them, okay, if you're not depressed, but you know you're going through a hard time, these are some counsellors you can speak to, for example. So you give them as much information as you can, right? That way they can decide for themselves what they want to do, whether they want to go and see someone or not, right? and then they can decide for themselves. And that's the power that they decide for themselves. We cannot decide for them or force them to go see someone. I'm having a very difficult time trying to explain to the relatives that this person is having depression and nobody wants to believe me. Okay. You're but how sure are you that relative has depression? It is a relapse. So with, with other family members, I think the same kind of fear um, that the person has, the family member will have as well, right? Because if, let's say, for example, it's a relapse, right? That means, you know, people who go to depression, it's not easy for the patient, but also for the family members as well, because you guys need to take care of them, um, make sure that they're okay and things like that, right? So if relapse means that they have to go through the whole process one more time, right? And it be, can be quite um, scary and quite difficult. La. So maybe that's why they are in denial, maybe or reluctant to admit, la, which is not a good thing, but it is what it is, la, right? So, I think your job isn't to try and convince everybody that this is happening. I think your job is to try and provide support for the patient as much as you can. That's the best thing you can do. Because if you're going to spend more, so much energy trying to convince everyone that this person has depression, it's going to it's gonna waste your resources, it waste your effort as well. So try and focus more on supporting this person. Like I said, there's not like information, resources, options and things like that, right? It's a better use of the things that the time that you have. Like. Okay, thank you very much. We have a lady caller who wants to remain anonymous right. and she has a question about schizophrenia. If the patient has been having this for more than 50 years, mm -hmm. and if the patient is an elderly person mm -hmm. in her 80s, mm -hmm. would it be too late to start medication? And because the illness itself makes the person paranoid, so mm -hmm. it's difficult mm -hmm. to get them to take medication, yep. how do you 
convince them or encourage them to do it because I think that was the situation I had yep. uh, in trying to convince my mum to take her medication. So we just completely stopped. And okay. Uh, okay. yeah, I, I also didn't like seeing the side effects that she went through yeah. after taking it. So yeah. I just yeah. I didn't want to make her go through it. Okay. So that was my problem, really. Okay. So to answer the first part of your question, um, can the geriatrics still benefit from medication for schizophrenia? The answer is yes. Is this that you might want to find a psychiatrist who has worked a lot with uh, the elderly populations because they have a lot more um, complications in terms of their health and their physical mm. well-being and things like that to take into account, right? And to address that second part of the question, the concerns about the side effects and all that, that's why we need to find someone who is uh, well-versed with that population and also has experience working with that population uh, because we need to tweak the medications to make sure that the side effects that they go through, and they're going to be side effects that like, there's no two ways about it, unfortunately, right? Mm. But to minimize the impact as much as we can or find a dosage or a cocktail that works best for this for your mom right and that takes time and, and the problem right now like you said your mom is having is, is paranoid and that's again part, uh, right part of schizophrenia right that's yeah. going to complicate things a little bit right um, yeah. in terms of how to get her to get the medication right um, one good way that I've, I've experienced before but it takes time is to don't start the medication straight away right so allow your mom to get to know the psychiatrist first right so um, take, her for, take, him, take her for a couple of sessions meet the psychiatrist um, get to know that person first and build that trust la, before the medication kicks in right it's a long game that we're playing here la, but in the long run it can be more effective because then she's more trusting and willing to take the medication hopefully and I've seen this in patients who were I think the, last, the oldest patient I've, I've heard of about 75 or something like that so I think it's doable, it's definitely doable. And as much as possible, you, you guys as children, as family, be part of that treatment process as well. So when you see a psychiatrist, so at least then when the doctor says X, Y, Z, you guys can hear it and then repeat it to your mom mm. as well. So that she, mm. it's a regular kind of a narrative that we're telling her, like it's always going to be the same thing, everyone's on the same page. So that hopefully we can build up a trust that way. Lah. One other thing would be to not only consider medication, but to see a clinical psychologist or a counsellor. Sometimes just having a place to vent, lah, let your mom vent, Right now, just to talk things out or express things, even if it's a paranoia, for example, right, can be quite helpful as well. So it's like a release valve, so to speak, right? If she can talk about paranoia to a clinical psychologist, let that out, and so that she's not so bad at home or when she's taking medication, that could be an option to explore as well in the long run. We receive a voice note from a concerned grandmother. I have a grandson who is uh, down with mild autism and he also have GDD which is global development delay. After this MCO, school has been closed and he has not been going to school. His behaviour has turned uh, very um, uh, bad and sometimes he gets uh, aggressive as well. My question is, uh, doctor, is there any uh, medication uh, that uh, we could actually get him to calm himself which don't give any side effect just for a short term and not a long term. So doctor, I know that you're not so familiar with medication, yep. right? Because you are a psychologist yep. and only psychiatrists can dispense medication. Mm -hmm. But what is your opinion on this case? Right. So typically with autism and GDD, there's actually no medication associated with it typically, right? So um, with those two instances, it's more of a biological and behavioral kind of disturbances and disruptions, right? So to answer the, the mom's uh, question, right? Medication is n never going to be without side effects, right? You can never find a medication that just only targets aggressive behavior or certain kinds of behavior. It's going to be more global in that sense. La. And oftentimes medication that can suppress behavior means that there's going to be significant changes. Uh, oftentimes the child or the person would be 
more uh, be slower for example more lethargic more tired more mm. sleepy and i don't think that's something that we want for in young children uh, or at least not unless it's really critical right, right. right for people with autism and gdd usually what will ha- be more beneficial is for them to have more regular um trainings right so for example there's this uh, nasom national autistic uh, society of malaysia if not mistaken that's what they stand for they have training programs that you can send your child to right and they train the child to learn uh, good behaviors right and then they also involve the parents and caregivers as well so that you guys can model the same behaviors at home and the whole idea behind this is that because with um aut- kids on the autistic spectrum right what happens usually is that they are very um, rigid behaviors Mm. So what NOS, uh, programs like NASO and a few other private centers around that do the same thing as well, right? ABA trainings and things like that. Um, what not, what they do is basically t- teach the child how uh, a set of rules that they can operate within, right? So for example, how to brush your teeth is quite simple, but for someone with auti- on the spectrum, for example, can be quite overwhelming because there's a lot of sensory information putting a toothbrush in your mouth right, and, and okay. things like that. It's quite s- jarring for them, right? Okay. So the whole program ABA stands for Applied Behavioral Analysis, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, teaches them how to do it in a really safe step. by step way. And so it's not going to be as quick as medication in the sense that it's not going to just go like that and then the behavior changes. But over time it's more long lasting and it's more modifiable as well so you can change lah. So I think that would be my 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 suggestion right instead of medication, I think bite the bullet in that sense like suffer a little bit more for now and then send him for that kind of training and it'll be more beneficial in the long run especially when he gets older when he's 18, 20, 21 that kind of thing right. So yeah. basically there's no quick fix. No quick fix. Especially not for not for autism, not for GDD lah. Right. GDD especially it's it's global developmental delay. meaning there's a cognitive impairment in that sense or ability to learn right so it's hard we receive a voice note from lim so i have this friend and he has been stressed about certain issues and i feel that he has opened up to me and my friends but i still feel that we as friends cannot actually truly help him in a way that benefits him we we feel that having him to go to a psychologist for help is the best solution but the problem is we are not sure how to approach him with this matter doctor so can you help lim mm. i think that's a really common question that we get lah you know friends and family members who notice that there's someone who's struggling and wants to get them help but how do we do it tactfully like because it's not like the easiest conversation in the world it's not like you can say like hey dude you need help go see a psychologist it's right. got to be more tactful about that right oftentimes we find that the best way to go about it is to show that you care and you want to support them right so for example a conversation could go along the lines of hey you know what you know we know you're struggling we know you're going through a very hard time but there's only so much that i can do i heard about this really good place that we can try out together and i'll come with you you know um, and show them support that way and then bring them together right obviously they have questions about seeing psychologists and the stigma behind it and all that so be there or be available to answer those questions to help um, calm them down about it right so another good thing that you can do and a lot of centers have this right you know, if you go to their websites like even uh, NGOs and stuff like that they'll have profiles of the therapists as well so you can have an idea of who they are what they do the kind of work that they do and it does two things like one it helps you understand the work that's being done second one it really humanizes them as well they're not this scary guy behind a clipboard you know just taking down your notes and stuff <laughs> like that right do you have a clipboard but <laughs> <laughs> i do because you do take notes <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just notes like right it's right. not like i'm saying you know you know patient a is one of the good that right yeah. Um and and this showing the profiles can be really good because that way he knows that it's a human being he's mm. talking to and just try and normalize it all up, right. Mm, mm. Uh best thing about it all is nowadays because of the MCO a lot of centers have gone online right so you can have a pick of who you want to see you're not limited by geography or yeah. or whatever it is right. So th- that's a really good way to get them to try and see lah. Mm. Okay. What, what if they say what problem? I don't have problem with. You know that there are people who 
would go there because we yeah. can see the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they might not accept that they have an issue. But I think in True. Lim's case, he's he's, his friend has already opened yeah, up to right, him okay. about yeah. his problem. Correct, so correct. everyone, like he understands and he acknowledges his yeah, problem. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, um, like you always said, right, mm. doctor? You can bring the horse yeah. to the river, but you can't force the horse to drink the water. Correct, right. correct, correct. So in JD's question, there, uh, you can't, right? Because they don't acknowledge it. They don't think it's a problem. So mm. no amount of help we throw at them is going to stick, right? So right. unfortunately, we can't. So this one is actually pretty simple already. I mean, it's not simple, but it's easier. I think yeah. we've got one foot there already. So at least then it's just getting them to the right kind of help, right? So that's what uh, Lim can try and do, lah. 